have in my hand. Powerful Word of God. can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, where you been? I mentioned uh, these books last week. I'll mention them again, The Harbinger and then The, the Mystery of the Shemitah. Uh, I have copies of these. I have ten. Uh, they are $10 a piece if you are interested in them. If you don't have the money, take them anyway. Um, see us after church. They'll be back there on that table uh, along with Beckham's stuff. Uh, and uh, if, you're inter- if you can afford them, throw the money on the table. If you can't, take the books and, and then uh, read them and pass them on. A lot of great information in these books, and I want to encourage you to pick them up. Half of life is being prepared, amen? And if you're prepared, you can do things the right way. If you don't prepare, eh, not so much. (laughs) Nehemiah chapter 4. We're going to spend some time there turning your Bibles to that chapter, Nehemiah chapter 4. God rebuild us. In praying about the sermons that I wanted to share with you this year, I was introduced to these books, and as I read them, I I was touched by them. And, And in a nutshell, when God's people got out of alignment with the principles of God, things didn't go well. Well, guess what? That's the same principle for you and me. Amen? When we get out of character with God, when we get out of kelter with God, when we don't follow the principles that God has established for us to follow, our lives kind of go haywire. But then the flip of that principle is true. Once we come back to the things of God, things begin to settle in and do the right things. Amen? So, That's called repentance in our day and age. It was called repentance in their day and age because Nehemiah was calling them to repentance, calling them to come back to follow the principles that they had followed before. And when they do that, and when they did that, good things came from it. But we see an interesting part within the story of Nehemiah in chapter 4. We're going to pick it up at verse 1. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. The big idea today is that there will be people who will question the new life in God and that God is building in you. Have you found that to be true? I mean, you you can work, 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 and yet there's people who will jump right, and the most unlikely people will jump up and try to put an obstacle in your way. But I got news for them, and I got news for you. God's here to rebuild us. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1. Early the following spring, in the month of Nisan, I didn't realize that Nehemiah drove a car. During the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. Isn't that an interesting statement? Verse 2. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be Deeply troubled. Then I was terrified. But 
I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad for the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire? And the king asked, well, how can I help you? How can I help you? You see, when it comes time to rebuild, we're going to need someone who will be willing to help us. Fellow Christian, maybe a preacher. I'm not sure who it is, but you're going to need somebody to help you. So the king says, how can I help you? And with a prayer, look at, look at what Nehemiah says. And with a prayer to the God of heaven, verse 5, I replied, if it pleased the king and if you are pleased with me, your servants, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. Now, I don't know about you, but every now and then in life, we reach a point where we're ready to throw in the towel and just give up. Anybody join me on that one? Okay, three or four of you, I appreciate that. You know, we're tired and we're frustrated. And we're exhausted and we feel like there's no use in continuing to try. It could be a job, a relationship, it could be a health-related issue, it could be school, it could be trying to lose weight. Holidays are the worst time in the world for a person trying to lose weight. Amen? Even if you're not trying to lose weight, it's still hard to. Sweets are everywhere. Foods that you love are everywhere. And you don't want to be hurting anybody's feelings, so you don't want to not eat. Amen? Well, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Maybe you just feel like you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel, and you're just ready to quit. Many years ago, there was a man in Kentucky who had recently retired from the Postal Service. He was sitting on his front porch when his first Social Security check came. And when he opened it and looked at it, he became very frustrated. He thought to himself, is this all I have to look forward to for the rest of my life? I mean, I put in these long, hard hours building a career and so little to show for it. Was it really worth all of that hard work and effort? So he sat down and he made a list of all of his blessings and the good things that he had going for him. Included in that list was his mother's famous recipe for fried chicken with 11 different herbs and spices. Some of you are on to my story. He was the only one who knew that recipe. So he went to a nearby restaurant, asked if he could cook the chicken, and they said yes, and pretty soon it became the most popular item at the restaurant. So he opened his own restaurant, and he called it Kentucky Fried Chicken, and they do it right. And you know the rest is history. Harlan Sanders was tired and frustrated, but he refused to give up. The Franciscans were the very first ones to systematically grow grapes in California. They grew the muscat grapes to make muscatel wine. One year there was a terrible drought and the grapes withered on the vine and they thought they were going to lose everything. And they became very disappointed. But some of them took those withered grapes to town 
and sold them as Peruvian delicacies. Thus the beginning of the Sun-Made Raisin Company. You see, these Franciscans had a potentially disastrous problem, but refused to give up. There's a terrible health problem running throughout our country and throughout our world. It's one of the worst illnesses around. It's a universal disease, highly contagious. If you're around someone who has it, you can catch it fairly quickly. It's called the disease of discouragement. Discouragement has been defined as the feelings of despair in the face of obstacles. It's when you're just tired of giving forth the effort and you're ready to call it quits. I've seen families do that. Sam testified that ten years ago he was there. But through repentance and the love of God and the love of a good woman who also loved God. Well, they're so slap happy now. They look like they've been married, just just got married. I'm stopping right there, brother. See, God can, what the locusts have eaten away, God can restore instantly. When there seems no way, God will make a way. So when you're at your wit's end, when you're there and you're ready to toss in the towel, I want you to get back to Nehemiah chapter 4. Because in this chapter, we, we learn four causes and four cures. Now jump down to verse 10. Many years in the history of Israel, the walls of Jerusalem had been destroyed and the people were now defenseless and vulnerable to the enemies. Nehemiah was called by God to lead the people in rebuilding the walls, but it seemed like an impossible task. Morale was low, discouragement high. They couldn't see any light at the end of the tunnel. Let me give you four causes of discouragement. Begin at verse 10. The first one is fatigue. The workers, it says, are getting tired. You know, there's a good old southern term called give out. Any of you know that one? I'm just plumb give out. That means you've given everything you've got and more than you had, and you're just give out. And you tend to want to sit back in your chair when you say it, I'm give out. Usually you get your legs straightened out like this, and you go, I'm give out. That's the way the Baltimore Ravens felt last night when the game was over. They gave themselves out 28 points ahead at two different times. They're, t- they're at two different times. They're 14 points ahead. And that stinking Tom Brady comes back to win the game. Give out. Those boys were getting, you could see it in their face. Fatigue. Ever felt like that? So give out, you just couldn't go another moment. Didn't care if you went another moment. Didn't want to go another moment. And if somebody asked you to go, you'd cut them off at the neck. Exhausted. 
totally physically exhausted, worn down, tired, and it's so impossible when you're at that spot to be up emotionally or spiritually for that matter. So what's the best thing to do when you're fatigued? Get some rest. Oh, there is nothing better than when you can get up in the next morning and go, boy, that was a great night of sleep. For some of us, those are few and far between. Up and down. I had no idea. People told me getting old is it's not going to be much fun, preacher. Back when I was in the 20s, I laughed at them. Now I'm not laughing. I mean, you get up at the oddest hours for the craziest stuff. Usually it's the bathroom. Really? Really? Yeah. It's got to go to the bathroom. Or you just wake up. You ever just woke up? Three o'clock in the morning? Just woke up? What's up? I want to grab Cindy. Hey, let's go get some breakfast. What's up? I know what would happen. <laughs> There'd be some prayer going on. <laughs> for my safety. But you know, when you're fatigued, you just need rest. Vince Lombardi said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Just a little bit of sleep. A full night's sleep, really. Boy, what a difference it can make. Fatigue and discouragement usually occur when you're halfway through whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. Jump back up to verse 6. It says, at, at, at last the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city. You see, they had built it halfway up, and they were looking back and seeing the wall halfway up, but then realized, I still got to go another half. It's like climbing up the side of a mountain. You're grateful for how far you've gone, but then you look up and see, realize how far you still got to go. So you're hanging on the side of a mountain and get discouraged. Not a good place to get discouraged. Everyone has energy for the new task. But when you get halfway into the task, halfway done, second cause of discouragement is also found in verse 10. It's called frustration. They look around themselves and they say, there is so much rubble to be moved. <laughs> They're trying to rebuild the wall and they discover that rebuilding the wall, there's a whole bunch of litter, debris, there's trash, there's line, it's, it's laying everywhere. Broken bricks, mortar getting in their way. They became very frustrated. Somebody needed to clean up the mess, but nobody was there to clean up the mess. One of the toughest jobs that a remodeler has is not the remodeling project. It's cleaning up the stuff to get the project done. That's why it takes so long. Because normally they have to chip away, clean it up, go back and chip some more, clean it up. Go back. You see what I'm saying? can't just keep working in the same old stuff. Got to get rid of it. That's why they love to have teenagers who will come and help. Especially teenagers that are workers. They'll come and they'll just, all, their whole job is just to pick up wood pieces. That's it. That's all I want you to do is pick up all the wood pieces and put them in that pile right over there. And then those teenagers work five minutes and they go, I'm wore out. <sighs> Picking up wood pieces. We used to go down to Mexico and we'd pour a slab floor. 
Now here, you'd have a cement truck show up with a big old long thing. It'd just shoot that concrete up there and you'd just smooth it out, right? Not down there. You dug a ditch. <laughs> you dug a pit, filled it with water, and then started pouring the concrete in there and stirring it up. And then putting it up in a wheelbarrow and rolling it uphill to dump it. You just kept doing that all day long. Fun now. That's fun, isn't it? Get frustrated. We get frustrated. You can't avoid rubble. Rubble's everywhere. And when you're trying to clean up your life, guess guess what's in the way? Rubble. Rubble gets in the way. Perhaps you set a goal. New Year's resolutions, you find it all the time. You set a goal to read the Bible. So you're into it now for about two two weeks. I even gave it to you late so you had to go backtrack and get started. And then you got discouraged because you didn't want to backtrack. So you got into it and then you throw you your hands up and say, well, I'm so far behind now, I just can't catch up, I'll just quit. Don't quit! Pick up today and start today. That'll be more Bible than you've read in five years. Don't stop. Pick it up. If you've got a smartphone or a computer, download the free app called version. It'll even talk to you. Just put the verse you want on, push the little audio button at the bottom and sit back and close your eyes and let them read to you. And God said. You know, whatever. There's too many excuses to not get it done. Put some headphones on. Listen to the Word of God being read to you instead of that nonsense stuff you listen to. Perhaps you wanted to lose weight. Man, I didn't even want to put this in the sermon. There's a lot of rubble around, isn't there? There's a lot of rubble. First of all, I've got to clean up the rubble before I can do anything about the frustration I'm feeling. Third cause is failure. Again, in verse 10, look at this. We will never be able to build the wall. Is that what your says? Is that what your Bible says? We will never be able to... See, that's the whole thing. I've looked in the mirror for years and said, I will never be able to lose weight. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Sure you can. Quit eating so much. But I like food. So, eat better food. I don't want to eat vegetables. Well, then die. Okay. Fine. I don't want to drink water. Fine. Die then. I mean, that's your alternative, isn't it? Either eat right or die. Exercise. See, how do you lose weight? You eat right and you exercise. I should write a book. <laughs> the book is one page. Two words. Just two phrases. Eat right, exercise. I'd make a million dollars, couldn't I? Just when you think you're about to give up, don't. Don't. How you respond to failure helps you accomplish your goals. And when you don't accomplish your goal on time, don't lose heart. If you skip a day, if you miss a day reading the Bible, don't quit. Pick it up the next day. Just keep going. Just keep going. 
I bet God can take that next day and find something good to tell you. Just go read it. John Wayne said, Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Boy, that's a good description, isn't it? Successful people see failures not as an end, but as a temporary setback. The death of Jesus on the cross was not a failure. It was only a three-day setback. Never give up when you failed. We are, remember the Bible says we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We win. We are the victors. The victory is ours. We just sing about it all the time. Victory in Jesus. I love the way you guys sing that. Most of you have your hands up. Victory in Jesus. No, you don't. Victory in Jesus. Victory in... I mean, you can't even sing that song without smiling. Come on now. Right? Yeah, we ought to sing it that way. Fourth cause of... Verse 11 is fear. Cause of discouragement. Look what he says. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we're going to swoop down on them, we're going to kill them, and we're going to end their work. We're going to swoop down on them and we're going to kill them. Their enemy was doing everything they could to see that the wall would not be rebuilt. They did ridicule, they criticized, and then they threatened. And the Jewish people were discouraged because of their fear of being hurt or even losing their lives. Folks, we live in a time when you can be hurt for being a Christian. Yeah, you can. Some radical idiot's going to come running by and going to do something to you because you're a Christian. You see, when they make cartoons about our Jesus, we don't get guns and go shoot somebody, do we? Well, maybe we should. Well, at least say something, shouldn't we? I mean, a lot of these... News outlets wouldn't even post any of the cartoons that were so outrageous. And yet you hang Jesus in a vial of urine on the cross. And that's front page news. Yeah, they describe it as art. Verse 12 says, They will come from all directions and attack us. You see, fear causes discouragement. Fear causes discouragement. So what are you afraid of today? Fear of failure, fear of rejection, health problems, being criticized. Fear will certainly cause feelings of discouragement in our lives. And when we're discouraged over fear in our life, the only thing that will, uh, only thing it will accomplish is for us to pack our bags and to leave. But the bad thing is that when you leave, fear and discouragement <laughs> follow you. So, Four things that cause discouragement, fatigue, frustration, failure, and fear. Now let me quickly give you four that cure it. Number one, rest for your body. Rest your body. If you read the whole chapter, Nehemiah actually gives the people holidays. So it's important to take time off. It's time to take time off. You need it. 
It's not a sin of laziness to take time to be by yourself. Jesus did. Jesus often got away by Himself. Now, I'm not saying go for days and days and days and years and years and years and being unproductive. Just simply take a break. In fact, God thought it was important enough, He built it into the Ten Commandments. Every seventh day, rest. Learn to take a Sabbath. Learn to rest. It'll do you some good. problem with us is we take that day off from our normal job only to do other jobs. Rest. Rest. I can't tell you how long it's been for me to sit down on TV and watch two football games from start to finish. (coughs) But I did that yesterday. Now, I have a hard time watching tomorrow night when I have to watch Ohio State (coughs) and Oregon. For some people, it won't be hard at all. I understand that. I probably should just keep going. You know, there's things running through your mind. You should just let them keep going. Because Jesus got away by Himself. We need to do that. Psalm 127.2 says, In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for He grants sleep to those He loves. And I understand. I understand how you have to work extra sometimes and you have to do those things. But please, please, please build into your system and into your schedule a time for rest. Because we all need it. The second cure is to reorganize your life. Look at verse 13. (coughs) So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. See, Nehemiah didn't give up on the goal he had to rebuild the wall. He just reorganized the people and put them in the right place. Sometimes you just need to be put in the right place in order to accomplish what you needed to get done. And when you're discouraged, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're you're doing the wrong thing. It may mean that you're doing the right thing, but in the wrong way. God is not asking you to give up on your dreams just to go after them in a different way, and that way is His way. Have your dream, but make sure it parallels what God wants for your life. So we've got to reorganize sometimes. Do things differently. If you're in debt, reorganize and do things differently. If you want to lose weight, reorganize eating patterns. If you're overcommitted, reorganize your time. To beat discouragement doesn't mean that you give up and quit. It simply means you're going to reorganize and <coughs> do things a little differently. Notice here that Nehemiah grouped them by families. And that's why we need each other. We need each other at home, and we need each other here. <coughs> Throughout the Bible, we'll hear the phrase, one another. We're told to love one another, encourage one another, serve one another, pray for one another. We always need support from families at home and the families at church. Third cure found in verse 14 is remember the Lord. He says, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. When you feel discouraged and wore out, sometimes you just got to get reconnected and recharged. Amen? That's what Sunday ought to be. Sunday ought to be a reconnection and recharging. (coughs) We should leave here so full of the Spirit of God 
I mean, Helen came up and grabbed Geneva and said, I want to dance. So they took off. I thought, these two wild-eyed women, what are they doing? And then I sat back and watched them smile like a possum on both their faces. And I saw some of you, you're wanting to go join them. Well, the next time you see somebody dancing, won't you go join them? Is there anything wrong with that? Can I get an amen if it's wrong? Woo, I love that. Can I get an amen if it's right? Amen. <laughs> now don't you sit back in your chair from now on. If God's moving you, do something. Make your foot tap or something like Thumper, that rabbit on, uh, what, where is he at? I don't know what he <coughs> I just love his name, Thumper. Always remember, in times of discouragement and reconnection, God's faithfulness to you in your past. Always remember His closeness to you in the present. And always remember His power for you for the future. <coughs> Psalm 119.25, David said, I am low, laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. Over and over again, the Bible teaches us, encourages us, Reassures us. Remember the Lord. Get connected by His Word. Fourth cure. Fourth cure. Resist the discouragement. Look at verse 14. I think these young people are carrying on a conversation about the sermon, aren't you? Right up here in the front. Really? Are you guys talking about the sermon? Surely you are. I don't think there's anything that more important than the sermon right now, is there? Unbelievable. Look what he says in verse 14. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Don't give up. Don't roll over play dead. Get in the battle. Fight for what's important. Resist discouragement. Dwight L. Moody said, I've never known God to use a discouraged person. Satan's greatest tool is to keep us discouraged. And the Bible constantly reminds us how great He is. And we should constantly be reminding ourselves of how great God is. But the choice is ours. When you exit through the doors of the church this morning, you must determine what's causing the discouragement in your life. Fatigue, frustration, failure, or fear. And once you've discovered it, realize that you can rest, reorganize, remember, and reconnect with God and then resist. Reload and keep fighting that battle and never, ever, ever give up. Are you discouraged today? If you're discouraged today, there's a God that's ready to lift that discouragement. I know a God who's ready to do something incredibly, wonderfully, more than you could ever hope or ask. Let's pray together. Father, I thank You for this time this morning. As disjointed as the preacher's been, I know that Your message never returns void. So God, I'm praying today that if there's somebody here that feels discouraged, that they will set into motion the things that they need to do to be encouraged. And the most important thing they can do is to turn to You. Father, I don't know what their families are like. I don't know what their marriages are like. I don't know what their 
job lives are like. But I know one thing. You care about each and every one of them. And you care about each and every phase of our life. And if we're discouraged, if we're carrying a heavy burden, you're ready to lift it. You said my yoke is easy. And the yoke has a slot for two necks. Yours and ours. So God, will we let you come alongside us? Build us, lift us. So we can receive the encouragement that we need to fight another day. In Jesus we pray. Amen.